there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. Are you ready for the word of God? Wow. We've been looking at the valuable member, isn't it? Or a valuable member. And we have looked at two qualities that we see in a valuable member. One is a valuable member is a consistent attendee. Always attending church. Secondly, a valuable member is a consistent giver. He will never tire from giving. Amen. Even if the caretaker has visited them, isn't it? They will remain givers and they remain faithful with their tithes and with their offerings. Today I want to give you the third one. A valuable member, number three, is a consistent church worker. He is a consistent church worker. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, we're reading from verse 35 to verse 38. Matthew chapter number 9, from verse 35 to 38. This is what the Bible says. Then Jesus went about all cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary, they were scattered, and like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Now, Jesus is painting the picture of the world, and to be specific, of the, of the church that we have in the 21st century, that the harvest is plentiful in the world, but the laborers who are supposed to go out there and harvest souls and bring them in the kingdom of God are very, very few. Now, why are the laborers in short supply in the church today? It's because of several reasons, but I just mentioned a few. Number one, laborers are few in the church and in the world today because many believers are dormant in the church. Many believers are dormant in the church. They got saved, they joined the church, but never went a step further to be involved in kingdom service. Many believers come to church to consume and not to contribute. They stand aloof. They are, they are uninterested in what is going on in the church. And so you will not find them doing anything in the church, but they will show up, they will attend, they will always be present, but they will not be actively involved in kingdom service. And there are several reasons that contribute to that. Some of them is ignorance. They simply don't know. They think a church is a place where you go and sit down, consume from the pastor, and go home. So they don't really understand that a church is a place where you need to do something for God. Some of them is pride. They just can't do it. They can't clean the church. They can't 
lift a chair. They can do anything in church because of their status. And so they are proud. Some of them, they come to church and they want you to know who they are. And so they can do nothing. They can't sing. They can't join the choir. They think choir, singing, standing before people is for children. It's not for people like them. And so they have pride. Everybody has a degree of pride inside of them. And they, can't, they can't be involved in cleaning the toilet. They can't be involved in helping with the parking. They can't be involved uh, with helping with the children. They can't simply do anything in church. They come, they sit, they listen to what the pastor has to say. And then as soon as the pastor says the last prayer, they jump into their car and off they go. Others, they don't participate simply because they are living in sin. We have many people in church who are not living right. And so they don't want to be involved in the ministry because it will expose who they are. Because they don't want to imagine standing here to grab a microphone. Then somebody say, hey. <laughs> you don't understand what I'm saying. And so they hide themselves. A lot of people love big churches because it becomes a den where they can be able to hide. Live the way they want and just hide. Some people move from one church to another to go and hide. Ask anybody, how did you come? <laughs> they have run from trouble. And so they come to a big church and hide and make sure that nobody knows anything about them. You see, when you start serving, uh, the spotlight will be on you. Isn't it true? People will get to know you. Now people know who Julie is. <laughs> people know who Jerry is. People know who Lucy is. So when you serve, you are kind of exposed. But because some people don't want to change their lifestyle, they decide that I'll be in church, but I'll be very, very dormant. I will not be involved in anything. But secondly, another reason why we have fewer laborers in the house of God is because the church is full of wounded soldiers. The church is full of wounded soldiers. The church is filled with casualties of service. Believers who started very well serving God, they were engaged in kingdom service, but along the way, somebody say along the way, along the way they stepped down from serving. And they have several reasons why they um, stepped down from serving. Now, let me cite some of these reasons and see if you can find yourself in any of them. They, they started very well. They were serving. They were excited. They were full of enthusiasm. But along the way, they stepped down. Some of them stepped down because of, number one, age. Have you heard believer, a believer say, when we were young? That is a wounded soldier. When we were young, we used to go for keshas. When we were young, we used to preach. When we were young, we used to evangelize. When we were young, we used to go from house to house. When we were young, we used to sing. That is a wounded soldier. He has been wounded by age. He has aged prematurely. Look, ladies and gentlemen, if you read the Bible, you discover that heaven has elders. 24 elders. And the 24 elders are falling down. They are still serving God. 
They are falling down before God in heaven. And they have, been they have been in heaven for so many years. They must be very old. But they are still serving God. You understand what I'm talking about? They served God even before you were born again. They served God before even some of you were born. And they are still serving God. And as I'm speaking right now, they are still serving God in heaven. So age has been an excuse for many people who have been wounded in a way. Time has wounded them. And so they have decided, because I am 70, because I'm 50, because I'm 40, and some of them, they say, because I'm 28. I don't think I will continue serving anymore. Touch your neighbor and tell them, don't age prematurely. When they were young, they were passionate. When they were young, they were excited. And then they, grow, they grew some little beard. And then they say they are old and they cannot serve God. Some of them, they cite marriage as the reason why they stopped serving. Have you heard someone say, when we were single? Please talk to me so I know I'm preaching to the right crowd. When we were single, we were organizing meetings. We were moving from place to place. We were fasting. We were always in church. When we were single, we were preaching on the streets. When we were single, we used to do you know, crusades here and there. But when they got married, when they fell in love, you know, it's like romance extinguished their passion for God. When they fell in love and got into marriage and then children came into marriage, it's like it interfered with their passion and their zeal for God. They are still wounded soldiers. They have been wounded by romance. Cupid arrow through their hearts. They cannot serve God anymore. And they cite marriage. They cite their relationship as the reason why they cannot serve God. Such people have relegated kingdom service to a platform of securing romance. Can I say that again? They have relegated kingdom service to be a platform where someone secures romance. And when you get it, then you move out of service. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that you are not the one who started this thing called love. You are not the one who started this thing called dating and marriage and romance. It is God who started it. And so you can't cite it as an excuse not to serve God. In fact, somebody say in fact. In fact, you are endangering the life of your spouse because God is jealous. He is a jealous God. So every time you say, God, I want to serve you but my children. God, I want to serve you but my wife. Oh, God, I want to serve you but you know my husband. Then God will say, oh, so it is your husband that came in between you and me. So can I remove your husband? Can I remove your wife? Can I remove your children? So it is very dangerous. You should never cite that as a reason why you are not serving God. In fact, the more the romance. Today you are very quiet. I don't know why. Am I preaching to the right crowd? The more the romance, the more the service, the more the love, the more you should serve God. Can I get a witness in the house? Ask your neighbor, are you in love? Not with Jesus, a human being. 
I'm still talking about why we have wounded soldiers in the, in the, in the church. Some of them is exhaustion. They're just tired. They got overwhelmed by the demands of life. And they experienced a burnout. And they go to a place where they say, I'm taking a break. But they took a break that was so long and they have never come back to kingdom service. It has taken them 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and they are still wounded. They are still tired. They are still overwhelmed. And they don't want to go back to kingdom service because they feel like God is taking all their time. I want you to understand something about God. God does not want you to give him that thing that does not cost you. There is no way you can be free to serve God. Because it's supposed to be a sacrifice. You're supposed to be intentional about serving God. So you can't say, I'll wait until when pressure goes down. I will wait until when I'm free. I will wait until, until my business is doing well. I'll wait until I get a good job. I'll wait until, um, uh, I'll wait until I, I move to a bigger house. I'll wait until I get a car. I will wait. I mean, God does not want such kind of service. He wants service out of sacrifice that you have actually intentionally decided that regardless of what you're going through, you have decided to serve God. Hallelujah. Yes, you've been sacked, but you serve God. Yes, you're like Jerry, lost your job, but you're serving God. Hallelujah. Yes, you went to the hotel and you could not afford paying for the meal because you didn't have enough money. But still on Sunday, you're in church serving God. Because we don't serve him because we are comfortable. We serve him because it's a command. It's a command. Hallelujah. It is what? It is, a, it is a command. And you will always be busy. There is no day you will not be busy. The other day I was telling Pastor Mary, I feel like God should add like two more days in a week. Yeah, because I'm so busy and I'm feeling like, hey, I don't have enough days to be able to do some of the things I feel like I need to do. I'm so busy. I mean, every day something is happening. Every day something is happening. So there's no day you'll be free. In fact, you should not look for a day to be free. Because idleness is not good. Hallelujah. So you should be more busy. I pray for the grace for you to be more busy. In the name of Jesus. Because when you're not busy, that's when the devil gives you ideas. Yeah. He tells you, no, 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 them. Isn't it true? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Why are you very quiet on me today? Are you afraid of visitors? Oh, your father and mother are here. You're behaving. You don't want them to know the way you shout in church. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. So, even if you're tired, serve God. Hallelujah. Even if you're overwhelmed, serve God. Glory to God. You get married, you continue serving God. Yeah, there is pressure at work, but you still serve God. Deadlines to meet, but you still serve God. You drag yourself to the house of God and you serve him with all your heart and you tell God, this is a sacrifice I'm offering to you. And God is always attracted to a sacrifice. Read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation where there is a sacrifice, God showed up. The reason why God has not been showing up in your life is because your service is not a sacrifice to him. You are serving him out of convenience. It should be a sacrifice. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm. 
We are still talking about wounded soldiers. Some of them have wounds. Somebody say wounds. Yeah, they have wounds. They are licking their wounds. They went through a painful experience in church. In church. Somebody say in church. Yes, they went through a painful experience in church while they were serving with other brothers and sisters in a, a department and then something happened. I mean, they differed over an opinion or they had differences and then they were hurt and so they are carrying these wounds in their hearts and the wounds have become septic. They have refused to heal and so you have people say, I will never serve again. I will just come to church and listen to the message and just focus on Jesus and then go home. When the pastor says, turn to your neighbor, you don't. Because everybody is a, you are carrying wounds, wounds. Tell your neighbor, heal quickly. I'm preaching to somebody here. Tell them again, heal quickly in Jesus' name. Number three, reason why. Why the church has fewer laborers is because of the deficiency of consistent church workers. This is where I was trying to get to is the deficiency of consistent church workers. The majority of the ones who are involved in kingdom service within the church, they are not consistent. We have some. We have laborers in the house of God, but the majority of the laborers in the house of God are not consistent. The church is full of seasonal, irregular, and unreliable workers. Only a few are consistent. Only a few are reliable. Only a few can be banked on. The majority are there, but they are not active. That's why we have a WhatsApp group for departments which has 35 members, but only five are serving. Then try and remove the ones who are not active. You'll be surprised. Hmm? Do you see the way they react? They say, you see now, they don't want us. They don't want us to serve. You see now, they are now pushing us out. And the way we were really committed to this thing. No, if you're committed, you should be active. I will judge your commitment best on how active you are. Come on, can we talk this morning? Yeah, you can just be there. We send a message. This Sunday we are wearing blue and yellow. You don't say anything. Then you come with pink and luminous green. Then you say you are in the department. You are not. You are not active. You are not part of the group. You are just, your name is there but you are not part of the group. You understand what I am talking about? It doesn't cost you anything to be active. I am preaching. I say I am preaching. I say I'm preaching. Please, if you're in any WhatsApp group here and you're not active, do, go and remove yourself. Go and remove yourself. I'm preaching. Go and remove yourself. We don't need you in that group. Yeah, that space can be occupied by somebody else. We want people who are active. Yes, we want people who are talking. Let's have a conversation. Let us prepare for the service on Sunday. Let's talk about where the leader is taking the department. Give your contribution. Say something. If we are raising monies, send something. Hey, today, I'm not getting amends and support, but I I I'll still preach anyway. I'm not intimidated by your silence. 
Because we have very many people who claim to be active, but they are not active. You know, there are days we used to sit down and, and talk about departments with HLDs, and they tell me, but my department has 50 members. I say, hey, 50 members. Hey. And then, only 10. How about the 40? Actually, they are just there. But when you try and remove them, the war that will come towards you, you will not even believe it. Please, be active. Tell your neighbor, be active. Tell them again, be active. When we send a message, say something. The Holy Ghost wants me to stay there a little bit. When we send a message on the WhatsApp group that you belong to, that is for the church, say something. Because if you don't say something, you are also saying something. Hey, you don't want to clap for me today, but I'm preaching good. If you don't say anything, you are also communicating. You are saying something. Yeah, you are saying like whatever you guys are talking about does not concern me. It's not important to me. Shetandi Ashindu. Riswa. Tell your neighbor, be a consistent worker. In Jesus' name. May God raise up consistent workers in this church in the name of Jesus who are actively involved in ministry. Can I get a louder amen? That no matter what happens, they will serve God. No matter what they go through, they will serve God. Money without money, they will serve God. Their hearts have been broken, but they will serve God. They don't have a car to come to church, but they will serve God. They don't have fare, but they will walk to church and serve God. They don't have friends, but they will serve God. Actively involved in serving God. Can we go deeper? Hmm? Can you handle deep? Can we go deeper? Number one, hallmarks of a consistent worker. Number one, he is a consistent builder. The hallmarks of a consistent worker. Number one, he is a consistent builder. You see, not everybody that is in church is a builder. There are people who come to church, but they are on a mission to destroy the church. But this guy I'm talking about, the consistent worker, he is a consistent builder. He is there to build the church. He's not there to destroy the church. You see, when you are a part of the group and you don't contribute, you are not building the group. When you're just quiet, you're not building the group. When you don't say anything, you're not building the group. When you don't follow the direction of the leader, you're not building the group. We need builders. A consistent worker is a consistent builder. You are not an agent of Satan. You are a child of God. You are part of the church. You are part of the group. You are part of that department. You are not there with an independent mind. You are flowing together with the leader. The leader gives direction and we follow. We support the leader. Hey, I preach even if you don't respond. We follow the leader. We, we flow with the leader. We follow the direction of the leader. If the leader says, this is what we are doing on this particular day, we are there. Why? We are there to build, not to destroy. So which side are you? With your silence. 
Huh? No comment. We even see that you have seen what has been sent. You see, Absalom was quiet, but his heart was not right. These people who keep quiet, me, I fear them. People who are quiet. They don't say anything. They just look at you. They don't say anything. No comment, no reaction, no nothing. They are very dangerous people. You see somebody who talks a lot, even if he's your wife or your husband, and they talk a lot, by mistake they will say, you know, tonight I was going to kill you. <laughs> and then you organize yourself. That night you will not sleep. You will have a mini Kesha. But people who are quiet, they don't say anything. By the time they spring on you, you have no defensive mechanism against them. I fear people who are quiet. I have a staff meeting every Tuesday to review the service. Everybody must talk. How can you come for a meeting and you're quiet? Who do you think you are? I have to say something. I have no comment. What? <laughs> Even if you have no repeat what other, part, other people have said. Just repeat it. We just want to hear your voice. You can't come for a meeting. I have called. And then you are quiet. You don't say anything. No. Easier. One of them. Everybody talks. Yes. I even ask them, everybody to share what I preached on Sunday. They go through all the points and I'm listening. So if you're planning to work for me, that's the orientation. Yeah, Naomi used to work for me. She ran away. I think the talking was too much. They say, ah, this, I cannot survive. We have to talk every Tuesday. I want people who are around me to talk, not to be quiet. You understand what I'm talking about? Everybody talks in my meeting. Renson is also there. He talks. Everybody must talk. Miriam has to talk. Miriam, she had to learn to talk. You just be surrounded with quiet people. You remember what I'm telling you. Quiet people are dangerous. Very dangerous. They are quiet on WhatsApp groups. Quiet in the C group. Quiet in the department. They never say anything. They're just there. Can you tell us something, brother? I'm fine. You are not fine. Be a builder. I say, be a builder. Lift up your hand and say, I'll be a builder of the house of God. Nehemiah chapter 4. If I don't finish, I'll continue next Sunday. Nehemiah chapter 4. Because I have four points to give you. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1. Let's look at this builder. His name is Nehemiah. Hallelujah. But it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the war, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. Verse 2. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that are burned, verse 3. 
Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and he said, whatever they build. You see, when you build, there are people who will criticize what you're building. He said, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Verse 4. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Verse 5. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we build the wall. So we build the wall. Despite the opposition, we build the wall. Despite their silence in the WhatsApp group, we build. <laughs> I'm on an assignment. Despite their attitude, we build the wall. I need to tell somebody here, don't think that your silence will stop the vision from being, come, from being fulfilled. With your silence, the vision will still be fulfilled. With your resistance, the vision will still be fulfilled. Despite your nasty, rotten, stinking attitude, the vision will still be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Only those who are saying amen are the ones who respond in the WhatsApp groups, isn't it? So we built the wall. I've got good news for you. Soon we shall build the wall of the church. Soon we shall erect a beautiful cathedral. Can I have a witness in this house? Look at the neighbor and tell them, I will be part of the building. Oh yeah. The entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people. My God. Give me the scripture. For the people. Verse 6. For the people had a mind. To do what? To, they were determined to work. They were determined to make sure that the project they have started got, got to, the, uh, to, the, to the logical conclusion. They were determined to ensure that what they started building was going to be finished. I want you to know we shall finish building the wall. We shall finish building the church. We shall fulfill the vision that God has given unto us. If you become a consistent builder, anything that God tells you to do, it shall be fulfilled in Jesus' name. Let every Sanballat hear this. Let every Tobiah hear this. That regardless of their opposition, the wall will be built. Regardless of their opposition, the church will be built. Regardless of their opposition, the project will be accomplished. Can I get a louder amen in this house? Wee! Verse 7. Mm. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, you know them, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed that they became very angry because they thought by not participating in the project, that the project was going to stall. But it can never stall. It will still continue. Because God, who is on our side, will make sure that the project is fulfilled. And so become a builder in the church. Because even if you don't participate in building, the building will be built. 
That should be a wake-up call for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I've been a pastor for a while. I think now this, this is our 10th or 11th year or something. I've, I've seen people come, people go, people come, people come. And some people, when they're leaving, they say, let us see what you shall do. <laughs> we are living. We are living with our tithe. Hmm? In fact, one I had, she, she, was, she was, I think, among the top tithers. You ladies, you need to really pray for yourself. Because the challenges I've seen with ladies in this church is amazing. It's just amazing. Sit down with Adam. He will tell you the story. It's just amazing. So this lady left and she said, let me see what you will do. Let me see what you will do. Yeah, because she was among the top tithers. Let me see what you will do. Look, even if you leave, the vision will still be fulfilled. So what do you need to do? Be part of the vision. So at least when they say, oh, the vision was fulfilled, you say, I was there. I was part of it. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You will say, I was. I was part of it. I was there. I did not leave. I remember we gave. I remember we were raising monies. I remember. I remember I was there when we were doing brack, uh, the, the groundbreaking ceremony. I was there. Look, this is my picture. Look, look. I was standing next to the pastor. I was there. Look. And look at the, oh, look at the cathedral. My goodness. I was there when we were singing from meds to come and open this cathedral. I, w I, w I was there. I was part of the entourage. People who were singing and dancing and we were waving handkerchiefs. I was there because whether you are there or not, what God has said will still come to pass. So lift your hand and say, I'll be there. I'll be a builder. I'll build the house of God. That lady left. We are still moving. We have secured two and a half acres. Debt free. No bank. No bank loan. The giving of the people. The faithful giving of the people. And soon we are beginning our cathedral without her tithe. That's why you should live and pray and say, oh God, let my money be part of this thing. Let my money be part of this thing. Because God can say, okay, stay aside. I want to show you that I can do it without your money. Every day, Every week, every moment, I always pray and say, oh God, let me build your church. Because God can say, you, you will not build it. You are too proud, you will not build it. David wanted to build the house of God. God says, you will not build it. It is your son who will build it. Can you imagine God telling you, and you have resources, you have manpower, you have everything that it takes to build the house of God. God says, you, you will not build it. It's heartbreaking. So you should pray. Oh God, I want to be part of this. I want to be a builder. I want to be part of this. Lord, I want to be part of this. I want to be a builder. Because you can do away with me. God can call you right now to heaven. I say, come. As I'm preaching, you just collapse on your seat. We send you nurses right now. They pick you, take you, do first aid, and I will continue preaching. After service, they will tell us, our brother has left. Our sister has left. God has called you. You will never build a church again. You're gone. When I get to heaven, I'll ask you, how can you die when I'm preaching? Then you'll tell me, Pastor, you know, I was very proud. Even as you're preaching, I was looking at you and I was wondering, what are you saying? And God was not happy with me. Yeah, and he took me. 
One time there's a guy who boasted how rich he is. God says, look at this guy. I'll require his soul tonight. Tomorrow, he will not enjoy what he's boasting about. So become a builder. Love to build. Be part of building. Be part of the church. Flow with the leader. That's what I'm preaching to you today. Lift your hand one more time and say, I'll be a builder. I can't hear you. Shout it louder. I'll be a builder. Even Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18, I will build. I will build. I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If Jesus is a builder, if Nehemiah is a builder, then we must be builders. Hallelujah. May God raise up builders in this church. I say may God raise up builders in this ministry. I say may God raise up builders in this church. Shout a louder amen in this house. Number two, the hallmarks of a consistent worker is, number two, he is a consistent innovator. Consistent innovator or innovator. Consistent innovator. You know, there are people who do things the same old way. There's no freshness. There's no sweet surprise. There's no creativity. There's no growth. It's just the same old way, you know, of doing things. They sing the same way. Speak the same way. Dress the same way. Do things the same way. It's just the same way. Cook the same way. Love the same way. They propose, but they don't go on one knee. Everything is the same way until it's very boring. They are predictable. You know, you don't see a lot of creativity, you know, with them. You see, a consistent innovator comes up with new methods, new ideas, or new ways of doing things. So when it comes to serving God, his creativity is not on the decline. He is not outdated. He is not antiquated. He is not stuck in the same old way of doing things. He is consistently and constantly fresh up-to-date, current, and doing things in a more better and efficient way as far as serving God is concerned. When I was young, I had a story. I don't know if it's true or false, but I had a story of an animal which had been caged for so many years. I mean, it was so many years that this animal was restricted in one spot. And then they decided after so many years to be able to you know, remove the cage that was around this animal. And when they removed the cage, remember I told you, this is a story I had. When they removed the cage, the animal could not move because the animal was so used to a pattern. Few steps forward, few steps backwards, then food is dropped, then the animal eats the food, you know, and then just stays there. It was so used to that routine until when they removed the barrier, it was still behaving the same. So physically, the animal was free but mentally, it was still caged. You understand what I'm talking about? And so, there are people who are caged mentally. They don't have fresh ideas. They are not innovators at all. They just do things the same old way. There's no growth. There's no uh, creativity. You know, there is no skill. It's just the same old way of doing things. They are stuck in the same old way of serving God. No creativity in their service to God. No fresh ideas in their service to God. 
no innovative prowess that is needed to invigorate them in kingdom service. But a consistent worker is one who is constantly growing, constantly evolving, and embracing new ideas that inspire him to serve God on another level. You should always desire to serve God on another level. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm changing levels. Tell them one more time, I'm changing levels. That means you will not serve God in the same old way. You will not serve God without creativity. You will not serve God without fresh ideas. Things have to change. You have to spice up your service to God. You have to add some spices, some ingredients that will invigorate you to serve God on another level. You can't just serve God on the same old level year in and year out. Second Chronicles chapter 26 the Bible gives us the story of a young man by the name Uzzah. He was 16 years old when he was appointed as a king in Israel. So that means he was inexperienced, he was a novice, and greatly disadvantaged because of his age. Now, when you look at a 16-year-old, he's supposed to be out playing with other boys, isn't it? Yeah, maybe he's supposed to be out playing cha baba na cha mama. In Greek, it means child's play. Huh? He's supposed to be out there playing football. He's supposed to be out there, you know, with other boys playing banta or bano. In English? Banana. <laughs> but this boy finds himself on the throne at the age of 16. Let's go back. Can you remember when you were 16? A lot of legions can't remember. Can you remember when you were 16? What you were doing when you were at, at that age? Can you imagine at that age? Only one person is saying yes, and I understand why. <laughs> the front row is quiet. <laughs> Can you imagine you are thrusted to that leadership position of ruling a country at the age of 16? That was a Herculean task for this young boy. So what did he do? This boy decided to be an innovator. He decided to come up with a strategy that sustained him on the throne for about 52 years. I want us to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 26. Give me from the KGV version. We're going to read from verse 3 to verse number 15. going to move very quickly. 16 years old was Uzzah when he began to reign. And he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was also Jecoliah of Jerusalem, verse 4, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Look at the way this guy is very strategic. According to all that his father Amaziah did, then verse 5, and he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. These people who say, oh, I'm serving God, I'm seeking God, I'm praying, and look at things the way they're happening in my life. You don't understand the Bible. When you seek God, he will make you prosper. I say when you seek after God, he will make you prosper. Can I get a louder amen in this house? 
Give me the scripture, verse 6. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines and break down the walls of Gath and the wall of Japni and the wall of Ashdod and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. Verse 7. And God, my God, and God helped him against the Philistines. May God help you against your enemies in Jesus' name. I don't know what battles you're fighting. I don't know who is fighting you. I don't know who is trying to bring you down. But I prophesy over your life this morning that may God help you in the name of Jesus. May God help your family in Jesus' name. May God assist you where you need help in the name of Jesus. Can I get a louder yes like you really need help from God? Hallelujah. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians that dwelt in Gabal and the Mehunims. And the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah. They brought gifts to him. Because when he aligned himself with God, God granted him favor. Every time you align yourself with God, favor will hit your life. Oh my goodness. Am I preaching to the right church here? I say every time you align yourself to God, he will release favor upon your life. Every prayer warrior receive favor. Every diligent worker receive favor. Every man or woman who works with God, may you day. People bring you gifts in Jesus' name. May somebody give you the gift of a car, the gift of a house, the gift of land, the gift of monies. Somebody shout, I receive it. Hey, what a word. My goodness, if you're here, you have my gift after this service. I'm accepting it. And his name spread abroad. He became famous. Even to the entering in of Egypt. For he strengthened. Look at this guy. Zeph, are you getting this? He strengthened himself. This is a 16 year old. But very innovative. So how his father prospered? By seeking after God. He said, I will seek after God. Seek after God. Then he strengthened himself. Look at how he strengthened himself. Uh, verse, verse 9, let's keep moving. Moreover, Uzziah built. Mm. He built towers. Towers are elevated places where you put somebody who can be able to have uh, uh, what we call the eye, the bird's eye view. He can tell when the enemy is coming and prepare the soldiers so they arm themselves to be able to defend the city. So he built towers. He built towers. Uzziah was a builder. You will also be a builder. Oh, Jesus, help me. I say you will also be a builder in Jesus' name. You will not die without building something. You have to build something in the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm going to build something. I have to build a tower. I have to build a house. My God, my God. I release a builder's anointing upon your life today in the name of Jesus. I release the grace to build upon your life in Jesus' name. Can you shout a louder amen in this house? You will not live in a rented house forever. The devil is a liar. You will build your own house. I say you will build a beautiful house. Who is this? Who is this for? Who is this for? I have a prophecy for somebody here. Some of you, I, 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 I prophesy, you will build a palace in the name of Jesus. He built, sit down, we are still talking. He built towers. Pastor Nguri, he's strengthening himself. This boy, 
telling himself he built tower in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the turning of the wall and fortified them. A 16-year-old boy has built towers and you, you have not even built at 40 even a house for chickens. Tell your neighbor, I feel embarrassed. But it's changing. The year 2022, things are changing. Who am I preaching to in this house? Vinduvi Chenjanga. Ah, you will build. I say you will build in I say you will build in Jesus' name. I say you will build in Jesus' name. Shout aloud a yes in this house. Build. He also built. The guy is building. He also built. You will not just build, but you will also build. He also built towers. Now, Pastor Nguri, he went to the desert. He's securing the, he has secured the city. He has built, he has built towers within the city and fortify them. But now, he also wants to make sure that he's in control of the entire region. Not just the city. But the entire region, he can actually, in, in, in our modern day, we can say that he put cameras. He installed CCTVs all over the place. Hey, this boy. What? And you, what a boy. <laughs> Someone said, what a boy. He built, he built towers in the desert. Look at what he did again. He digged many wells. That is King James Version. The right English is he dug. <laughs> he dug many wells. Not just a few, many wells. For he had much cattle, both in the low country and in the plains. Husbandmen also. And vine dressers in the mountains and in common. For he loved husbandry. He's teaching us something that the northern part of this country has not mastered. Waiting for rain. He's teaching us something that people from Ukambani have not learned for all these years. I'm told in some areas in Ukambani when it rains, people come out to cry. They cry because they have seen the rain. It is so dry. I don't know how true it is. But if we can wells. We don't need to depend upon rain. The maize will be there. Potato will be there. Skumawiko will be there. Because we'll always water our food. Look at how wise a 16 year old is. And a country that is 54, 55 years old is still struggling with drought and famine. Is a shame. is a shame. Tell them one more time, he's a shh. Not Shakira, it's a shame. <laughs> oh man. Because he had cattles. He had cattles, means Dennis. Start planning to have some animals. Buy a cow, buy goats, buy chickens, buy ducks, buy. Whales. What else can you buy? Rabbits. What else can you buy? Hmm? Turkey. What else can you buy? Pigs. What else can you buy? 
You, you are not talking and you are very close to me. Moreover, verse 11, are we together? Moreover, Uzziah had an host of fighting men. Look at that. Fighting an army that went out to war by bands according to the number of their count by the hand of Jael, the scribe and Messiah, the ruler, under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. Verse 12, this is a 16-year-old boy. The whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of Allah were 2,600. Verse 13. Hmm. And under their hand was an army, 300,000, 7,500 that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. Verse 14. Are you with me? And Uzzah, Uzzah prepared. Can we read together? And Uzzah prepared for them throughout all the host. What? Shields and spears and helmets and Habangoa. Habajions. These are, these are court mail. And, and, and bows. And, and, and slings. To do what? To cast off. He came up with all these things because he was an innovator. Spears. Give me that verse again. Spears. Shields. Helmets. Habajions. Bows and slings to cast stones. Now look at verse 15. Keep moving. And he made them in Jerusalem. And he made 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 in Jerusalem. What? Engines. How many years are those we are talking about? Those are so many years behind. Engines. Engines. Some of you understand, don't understand what I'm talking about. Engines. Engines. So that, mean, that tells me that engines were not invented by Karl Marx. No, Karl, Karl Benz. You know Karl Benz? No, he, he did not invent engines. It is Uza. It is Uza. That invented engines. The technology that we see here started with a 16-year boy. And you, you are 50, 40, 30. Never invented anything. Never came up with any fresh idea. To push the ministry to the next level. Tell your neighbor one more time, I'm ashamed. You are predictable. Old ideas. Nothing fresh. You are not an innovator. I mean everything is just the way it's supposed to be. Engines. Invented by cunning men. To be on the towers that he built. And upon the bulwarks. To do what? To shoot arrows. Because those days people were shooting arrows manually. But he said, let us come up with engines. When we position the engines, we just press a button and the engine can release a thousand arrows at a go. And great stones. People did not start throwing stones the other day. Ha <laughs> ha. 
<laughs> there are people who started this thing and they took it to the next level. And his name spread far abroad for he was, oh man, he was marvelously helped until he was strong. Why was he strong? Because he was an innovator. If you're going to be this church worker that is consistent and he's relevant, you must become an innovator. We cannot give you a department and then as soon as you become a leader of that department, it dies. Then you remember it's a shame. It should go to the next level. You should come up with new ideas. You should be able to contribute new ideas that will be able to push the church to the next level. And not just once, consistently, over and over and over again. Hallelujah. I prophesy that this church will have inventors of new ideas. Innovators of fresh ideas that will propel city of transformation to the next level in the name of Jesus. Every idea in your heart, I stir it up. Every good idea in your spirit, I stir it up. Every good idea in your soul, I stir it up. Let it come forth in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder? Amen. Psalms chapter 92 verse 13 to 14. What does the Bible say? The Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. And then the Bible says, they shall be fresh. They shall be fresh. They will have new ideas. Take me back to NKJV. Yes, they shall be fresh. And they will still be flourishing. They will have new ideas. They will not be moribund. They will not be stale in their thinking. They will not have outdated ideas, but they will be fresh. They will come up with fresh ideas to push the department to the next level. Fresh ideas to push the church to the next level. Fresh ideas to make COT a church on the cutting edge. They will be like Uzzah. Is it Uzzah or Uzziah? One of the two. Which one is which? Uzziah, and they will bring fresh ideas that will be able to push the church to the next level. Father, I pray as a pastor of this ministry, may you raise up those men. May you raise up those women. May you raise up those young people. In the name of Jesus, if you're the one, shout aloud, yes. Look at the neighbor, tell them, I shall be fresh. I'll be fresh. I'll be innovative. In the name of Jesus. I will not be archaic in my ideas. In the name of Jesus. I want you to know as I'm preaching to you, I'm also preaching to myself that I will not be a moribund pastor with outdated ideas, with archaic leadership principles, but I will also be fresh. I will reinvent myself. I want you to know that you're getting ready to see another face of this ministry because your pastor is reinventing himself. He's, oh my God, am I preaching to the right crowd in this house? I am also going to the next level if you believe it, shout a louder, yeah. Shout a louder, yeah. Nudge five people around you and tell them, I'll be fresh. I'll be fresh. I'll be fresh. I'll be fresh. 
I'll be fresh, I'll be fresh. Not stale. I'll be fresh, I'll be fresh. Neighbor, neighbor, you are looking at Kitu fresh, kitu fresh, kitu fresh. Kitu fresh, kitu fresh. I'm fresh. Fresh ideas. Fresh ideas. Fresh ideas. I prophesy you will be innovative in the name of Jesus. May new grace come upon you to grant you new ideas. Shout a better yes in this house. Our worship will go to the next level. Our departments will go to the next level. Our singing will go to the next level. Our media department will go to the next level. Our children's church will go to the next level. Fresh, 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 new ideas, fresh, 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 fresh. Somebody give God a shout of praise in this house. Fresh! I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Somebody stand to your feet and give God your best praise in this house. Give him some fresh praise. Shout. Glorify him. Hey, fresh. Fresh. Sit down. Mm. My goodness. Our marriages will be fresh. It's like we just got married the other day. Yes, you will. This year you will be there. In the name of Jesus. My goodness. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. As pastor is preaching, I'm changing my wardrobe. Some of you ladies, that cloth you've been sleeping with, go and throw it away. It is not romantic. It kills the mood. Even the devil is traumatized. Fresh things are coming your way. I say fresh things are coming your way. Fresh ideas are coming your way. Can I hear louder? Yeah. Can I hear Holy Ghost? Yeah. Number three. I'm moving very fast because I have to finish. Hmm. A consistent worker. He's a consistent fixer. Of what is broken. He's a consistent fixer of what is broken or what is dysfunctional. He, 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 he's always fixing stuff. Hmm? Ladies and gentlemen, do you know that some house managers can be very wasteful? You can bring a house manager and she comes with the grace of destruction. As soon as you employ them, the moment they go to the kitchen, you start hearing cups are falling on the floor. Glasses are breaking. Things are just going haywire. They are always breaking, 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 breaking stuff. And some members are like that. Everywhere they go, they don't leave the place the same. They'll come to the church and break the tap. If they don't break anything, they don't feel like they have been in church. There's a grace. <laughs> Diabolic grace. Upon their lives to break things. They are very destructive. They come to church, and they see things are working. When they are put there, things will stop working. They go to the toilet, they will literally hang 
on that handle for flashing. When it breaks, then they stop. When they grab hold of a handle of a door, it has to remain on, the, on their hands or in their hands. Always breaking things. Always breaking things. Put them in a department, things will be broken. Give them a microphone, it will stop working. Let them play the keyboard. Keys will be broken. Give them the guitar, all the strings will be broken. Very sad. Give them a, a, a camera to hold, it will fall down. Something in them is about breaking, 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 breaking. Leave them in your house when you're traveling. You travel, say, come please and stay in my house for like a week. So you make sure that the flowers are watered. Once in a while, turn on the engine of my car. You come back, the car is inside the wall. The TV is not working. Some bulbs are not working. You go to the kitchen, the fridge, the door is broken. When he leaves, you go to the room, the house he was sleeping in, the bed he was sleeping in, the bed is broken. Until you wonder, what was this guy doing at night? Even the bed is broken. Somebody lift your voice and say, mercy. Others have upgraded. They break hearts. I can tell that one is a live wire I've just stepped on. <laughs> Engage girls, break their hearts. Engage girls, break their hearts. Engage boys, break their hearts. Until when they get married, even the pastor is worried. He's not sure if the wedding will go on without fracas. Because three quarters of the attendees have broken hearts. And the victim is the one walking down the aisle. Or the cause, rather, is the one walking down the aisle. Mercy. Children will not be a breaker of things and breaker of hearts. But a valuable member is a fixer. He fixes what others have broken. He is not part of the problem. He is part of the solution. He is full of brilliant solutions all the time. He can easily diagonize a problem and provide a brilliant a solution for it. And he does this not so that he may be prominent. He's not trying to manipulate. He's not trying to uh, control anyone. He's not trying to control the pastor. But he has a heart for the church. He has a heart for the ministry and he wants to see the church move forward. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 12. I'm just about to finish. The Bible says, give me that scripture. Those from among you, those people are here. This is a prophecy for those people. I said, this is a prophecy for those people. Do I have fixers in the house? The Bible says, those from among you shall build the old west places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the bridge. The restorer of streets to dwell in. A bridge is a gap in a wall. Alright? Or a gap in a barrier. And so the Bible says that God will raise up men among us who will be able to 
uh, to repair the breach. They will fix what is not working. They will fix that which is broken. They will see the weakest link in the chain and decide to fix it, decide to provide a solution for it. You see, the walls of Jerusalem were broken, but Nehemiah decided to be a fixer. He could see that the walls of Jerusalem were broken, and there were people who were living there. You can study that in Nehemiah chapter 2. But it's like they were comfortable around that environment that was surrounded with broken. Nehemiah was not comfortable because he was a fixer. So he said, I will go and fix and repair the breach that I see in this wall. And so people who are constantly working in the church are also fixers. Because every time they see there's a problem, they are going to fix it. They will not complain and they will not gossip. But they will present themselves as solutions to those problems. Ask your neighbor for me, are you a fixer? Or are you a breaker of things? Consistent church worker is a repairer of the bridge. Look, anything you see in church, for example, that you think is not good, God is telling you, why don't you provide a solution for it? Because you'll be so surprised, sometimes what you see is not what somebody else sees. That's why you can, see, you, can, you can be seated next to a neighbor. You, you are just okay, but the neighbor is like this. Telling you, hey, my nini has opened kai. He's really finding himself, but you, you're okay. Same environment. Same environment. Like, for me, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine how Pastor Ngure is wearing a suit in Pastor Mugo. They're wearing a suit under this heat. For me, I'm sweating. But they're okay. They are not even doing this. I saw a lady was struggling to worship. <laughs> Say, oh Lord, have mercy on her. Sometimes when you see a problem, God is trying to speak to you. He's trying to tell you, why don't you fix it? If the church is too hot, bring a cease. If it's too hot for you, bring a cease and put in the church. And if possible, sit next to it. I'm preaching very good. I'm preaching very good, isn't it? I'm preaching very good, isn't it? Huh? Oh yes. But you can leave here and say, that church, I, I don't I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how pastors think. Now they can put, they can put, they can put people. In a tent, and it's very hot, and they can't. I almost, I almost choked. I almost died. There was no air. I was suffocating. If there is no air, bring it. Tell your neighbor. If there is no air, bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. As a church, we receive gifts in kind. Bring it in the name of Jesus. Bring a ceiling. We'll receive it. Bring a sea. We'll receive it. Amen. Pastor, what, what, 
what, what, what is the figure for the, for the cathedral? I want to see what I can do. Come and tell me. We, we, we will have a groundbreaking ceremony after the appointment, consecration, and ordination service. If you sit and you think it's a problem, fix it. Tell your neighbor, I'm a fixer from today. Tell them one more time, I'm a fixer. Tell them again, I'm a fixer. I will. Beautiful. Father, give us like 20 in this church. Father, the church can. Touch them the name of this Lord. I don't mind being here. The name of Jesus. If you just quickly. I will be a fixer. May God raise fixers. Oh, oh, the amen has gone down. I say, may God raise fixers. May God raise up fixers in this house. We shall fix everything that is broken. Shout a louder yes and amen. Shout a glorious yeah. Woo, glory. Number four, the last one. Oh, you're here. He's a consistent participant. Consistent participant. You will always count on his availability. He will always be there. He's a worker who exhibits unshakable dependability when it comes to participating in kingdom service. He will always be there. Hmm? Even if the meeting that has been called is not for him or her, he will look for an opportunity to be there to serve. If it is a virtuous women meeting and is a man, he will say, what can I do to help serve the ladies? I'm telling you. If it is Alpha, she's a lady. Say, I'm coming to see what I can do to serve the men so that the men can enjoy the conference. He will always be there. Always consistent. Always the consistent participant. Even if they call a children's uh, a children's whatever meeting or conference. You say, let me go and see what I can do to help the children so they can have a great experience. But there are people who are not like this. Unless you mention their group, you will never see them in church. See, that one is for singles. See, me, I'm married, so I cannot go. Even if you're married, you can come for a singles meeting. You can say, let me go so that when they have questions and answers, I can help. If they want to hear my story, how I got married, I can help. And your story can become an inspiration to a young person. Because some of these young people, they think you know, falling in love is rocket science. It is not. It is very easy. Look at the way you're looking at me. Tell your neighbor, it's very easy. 
easy. Falling in love is very, very easy. Approaching a girl is very easy. Yeah. Because many girls I know, they say no, but in their heart they're saying yes. Mm, stucky, stucky. Uh, but inside they're saying, insist, 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 insist. Call me again. Follow me again. Tell me again. Ask me again. You are experienced because when a girl loves you, even if she says no, there's a way she says it. Yeah. She's not just saying, no, 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 no. She says, yeah. Hey, hey. Or I didn't expect. It is so abrupt. So soon. You know, she's not saying no, but she says, it's so abrupt, it's so soon. Have you prayed? Yeah, 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 I've prayed, I've prayed, I've prayed, I've prayed. Oh, okay, let me also go and pray. But she's saying something. It's very easy. I'm telling you to approach the car. Are you listening to me? Pixar, are you watching me? Yeah. He participates. Sometimes he will practice. They do all. Oh, he gives says, wow. Oh, they say, oh, wow. The band is there. Oh, wow. I've learned something. I've learned something. You go home having learned something. But you say, siwezi imba. Nenda uko kufaya nini? That's why you should go. So you learn how to sing. Because heaven are going to sing. Some of you to come and be on angels, please. Your voice. You are scaring God Almighty. <laughs> you, you stand behind the creatures which have eyes within and eyes without. <laughs> be consistent. A consistent participant. You are always in the house of God to participate in what is going on. Luke chapter 2, this is my last verse. And then we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. Are you getting blessed? Luke chapter 2 verse 36 to 37. Please give me that scripture quickly. Luke chapter 2. Now there was one, Anna. Anna. Anna without a hedge. Anna, a prophetess. The daughter of Phanuel. Are we reading together? Of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. Do you understand that statement? Hmm? Or I explain it to you. Do you understand? How many say, Pastor, I understand that statement? Look, 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 look. Even the band said yes, but they did not lift their hands. Huh? How many saying, Pastor, explain, explain. Please, some of you are lying and you're in charge. You're not lifting your hand, you're not saying anything, you're just there. Mercy, Lord. Give me the scripture again. I'll explain in a very short sentence. 
Verse 38. Go back. So I explained to them. Now there was one Hannah, a prophetess, the daughter of Anuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. Lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. Very, very simple. Yeah. Very simple. That means the husband is the one who broke her virginity. So ask your neighbor, who, who, oh, okay. Uh, 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 where's the script? Please bring me the scripture quickly. Uh, and <laughs> please don't ask your neighbor that question. And, 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 and this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God. Look at that. She did not depart, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. So that means anything that happened in the temple, she was part of it. Because she was always in the temple. When there was a youth service, she was part of it. When there was a children's service, she was part of it. When there was married couple seminar, she was part of it. Because she was always in the house of God. She was a consistent participator in the things of God. And she decided to dedicate her life to serve God. This woman is challenging widows. A lot of widows cannot stay. Hmm? Yeah. Ooh, I still have fire. I'm not woo. She served God. She was always in the temple serving God. And you need consistent workers who can serve God in the house of God. And because of that, look at what happened, verse 38. Because of that, because of that, she was among the privileged people to see Jesus. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him. Who is this him? Jesus, to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Simon had seen Jesus, but also Anna saw Jesus by virtue of being in the house of God. Jesus is always in the house of God, but if we don't inculcate the habit of being consistent in being in the house of God and participating in what is happening in the house of God, we might never see him. May never see him. That's why we have to be there. When the church is in session, do everything you can to be in church. When something is happening in the church, do everything you can to be there. Because the meeting is not for everybody else. The meeting is for you. When God calls for a meeting, he has something to say. And he wants to speak to you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Be like Hannah. And be a consistent participant in the house of God. First Corinthians chapter 15, the last scripture I'm reading here, the last verse of that chapter, the Bible says, therefore, can we read together? Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Tell your neighbor, be steadfast. Then be immovable. Tell your neighbor, be immovable. That means nothing should shake you. Nothing should pluck you from the place of service. You should be steadfast. If you're in the TPM, be steadfast. If you're in the worship team, be steadfast. If you're in the band, be steadfast and be immovable. Huh? Even if they give you a sweet deal from Makonge strangers to go and play bass for them. 
You remain immovable. You remain in the house of God. Even if they call you to go and play for Ken Wamaria, Fundamentals. You remain in the house of the Lord. You are steadfast. I wish I had a witness in this house. You are steadfast. You are immovable. Nothing can you from the house of God. Do I have such people in this house? Nothing can pluck you from the house of God. You are steadfast. You are immovable. And then it says what? Give me the scripture. I feel something. Always. Not occasionally. Not irregularly. Always. Abounding. In the work of the Lord. Knowing that your labor. The labor is not in vain. In the Lord. I want you to know that your employer will give you a salary. A gig will give you some monies, but it cannot be compared with the blessing that the Lord will release upon your life if you serve it. Can I get a witness in this house? Touch your neighbor and tell them, be steadfast. Be immovable. Be steadfast. Nothing shake you. Let nothing move you from your place of service let no one remove you from the place of service decide from today no matter what happens no matter what you go through you will be steadfast you will be immovable you will always always come rain come sunshine whether the weather is good or the weather is bad whether you have money in your pocket or you don't have money in your pocket whether your heart is broken or you are in love you will always consistently persistently abound in the work of the Lord shout yeah shout a better yeah that's five people around you the neighbor Nothing, no one. Maybe look for another neighbor. That neighbor has become familiar with you. Look for another neighbor and tell that neighbor, neighbor, nothing, no one will move me. Nothing, no one will pluck me from the place of service. I am steadfast. I am immovable. I am I am immovable. I will always abound in the work of the Lord with money. Without money, I will abound in the work of the Lord with a wife. Without a wife, I will abound in the work of the Lord with a job. Without a job, I will abound in the work of the Lord. Whether I'm happy or sad, I will abound in the house of the Lord. Shout yeah! Shout yeah!
look for another neighbor and tell that neighbor, neighbor, even you, you will not pluck me from my place of assignment. I refuse to become a victim of your attitude, comments, and sideshows. No matter what you do or say against me, I will be steadfast. I will be immovable. You will still find me in the house of the Lord, singing in the choir, ushering in the TPA, teaching in the children's church, serving in the TYC. I will be steadfast, immovable, always, 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 always abounding in the work of the Lord. And I know he will reward me. He will reward me. I prophesy over every worker. May God reward you for your service. May God reward you. These guys are not receiving. Let me try this end. May God reward you for your diligence. Hospitality. May God reward you for your commitment, for your sacrifice, for your dedication. Shout yeah. Are you ready this side? I prophesy over you with all your dedication to God's work. May Jehovah God reward you handsomely. Shout yeah. Are you ready or I jump to the other side? Can I come here? You can come and steal their blessing. May God reward you. Pastor Mgure, Pastor Mary, Jerry, Ransom, may my God reward you for your diligent service unto him. Shaurie. I don't think they are ready. Should I go? Should I come? Worship team, are you ready? I prophesy over your lives because of your dedication, because of your commitment, because of sacrificing your monies, your time, your everything to serve God. May he reward you handsomely. Shout yeah. Shout a Holy Ghost yeah. Shout in this house. My God, I feel the anointing in this house. Ah! My God, my God, my God. Who am I preaching to in this house? If you need a car, receive it right now. If you need land, my God, I feel something. Receive it right now. If you need a house, if you need to build a house, receive it right now because you have served the Lord, because you have given yourself to the Lord. May God grant the desires of your heart. Receive it now. Shout yeah. If you need children, receive it now. Shout yeah. If you need to get married, Receive it now. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Shout yeah.
tell your neighbor is mine is mine I take it I receive it I take it I receive it my labor in the Lord is not in vain I prophesy over some of you you will ashamed the people who have been laughing at you telling you that you're wasting time in the church God is standing tables in your favor God is standing your life around he will give you a testimony that will surprise your mockers in the name of Jesus shout yes My God, my God, my God. Daido, may God bless you for your diligence. May he remember you. May he prosper you. May he lift you. May he cause his face to shine over your life. May he grant all the desires of your heart. May he wipe your shame. May he dignify you in the name of Jesus. I prophesy a turn around in your life today in the name of Jesus the Bible says you shall serve the Lord and he will bless your bread and your water your water is being blessed your bread is being blessed the number of your days you will fulfill you will not cast your young you will not be barren you will be fruitful in all your endeavors receive it in the name of Jesus ah! I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Receive the blessing. Receive the blessing. Receive the blessing. Receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. Receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. Receive it right now. The Holy Ghost is here. The power of God is here. Receive it right now. For your diligence for your sacrifice for your commitment receive it right now i release it upon your life may your home be changed may your life be changed may your marriage be changed may your ministry be changed receive it right now oh my god is the power of the holy ghost receive it right now in the name of jesus let there be a turn around let there be a lifting let there be a lifting upon your life today. May heaven, may heaven, may heaven, may heaven smile on you in the name of Jesus. God is in this place. Lift up your hands and receive it. I receive the I release the blessing. I release the blessing. I release the blessing. I release the blessing over your life right now. May your home be changed. May your finances change. May your marriage be turned around in the name of Jesus. May the favor of God envelop your life today in the name of Jesus. May God cause a revival in your heart and in your spirit in the name of Jesus. May you be fruitful. May you be strong, my son, and in the power of the Almighty in the name of Jesus. I speak fresh oil, fresh anointing, I speak a lifting upon your life today. May you become a sign and a wonder in the name of Jesus. 
Grace is coming upon you. Favor is coming upon you. New anointing is coming upon you. In the name of Jesus, may you rise in your calling. May you rise in your calling. In Jesus' name, somebody shall I receive. 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 In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazu Techero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.